0: Good morning, everybody. Thanks for joining me. I'm Troy Hudkins, and this is Lessons for Life podcast with my guest today, Phyllis McDonald-Maddy. Good morning, Phyllis. How are you doing?
1: Good morning, Troy. Uh, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me here. I I love what you do. It's wonderful. Thanks.
0: Awesome. It's great to have you on. I'd, I'd like to look for people I know for guests, just regular people that have an exceptional story to tell and I think you're one of them. So uh,
1: okay. anyways,
0: let's get started. So my first question, who is Phyllis McDonald Maddie?
1: Okay, so so uh that that's a really good question to ask. Um, um ten years ago I think I would have answered it very differently. I'm 56 right now. Um uh first and foremost, I'm I'm Phil. Uh, the woman. Before I think I would have said I'm the mother, the sister, the daughter, but I've learned to embrace who I am. And um, I think it's really important to acknowledge that we're that person, that human being uh, first and, um, um, you know, to acknowledge who we are uh, as that person without all these other titles. And so um it doesn't mean that I forget about those because those are still so very important to me, but being, being, uh, embracing my womanhood, uh, the human being that I am and nurturing myself has become a very big priority in my life.
0: Nice. Um,
1: second, I'm, uh, a mother of five. Uh, we have a blended family. So, um, three, um, I gave birth to, uh, Two are are. our, um, um, my husband's children um, it's my our, my second marriage and uh, we're just so proud and blessed to have those children though while well, they're all grown now the youngest is twenty they range from twenty three to thirty nine nice. so yeah um, secondly I'm a wife uh, my husband and I are best friends uh, we have a lot in common but we also have very many differences which I think makes for a lot of interesting, uh, you know, uh, conversations, interesting uh, uh, things that come up. And, uh, but we have the same goal in mind, which is really, you know, uh, we have good same morals and things like that. So uh, we have a really great relationship. I'm a daughter. Uh, My mom passed at 62. So she's been gone from us for 22 years now. My dad is still alive. He's 85. He lives in Newfoundland, which is really far away from me. It really feels further just because he's he's there and I'm here in Alberta. And uh, with COVID now, I really, really miss him, but um, uh, we get to FaceTime with him now, so which is really nice. good. Um, I'm a sister. I have a bro- one brother and one sister, uh, David and Lois. Uh, one is older, one is younger. Uh, so I'm the middle child. Um, I'm a nurse. Uh, I'm a knowledge nut or enthusiast whichever you want to call it I love to learn Uh, I've been like that all my life Uh, I love to share what I learn Um, Gary my husband will always say Phil why don't you just read something just just you know something silly and I'm always learning something that's kind of factual or something that can improve my life or improve someone else's life that's just who I am that's just what fills me up Um, and, and I, uh, I like to share what I've learned, what I've experienced. Uh, I've had some uh, really amazing blessings in my life. I've also had some really dark times. And uh, the combination of those things, uh, if I can help somebody else with an experience that I've had, that I've been there and help someone else get through it a little easier, then I'm all in. So, awesome. So I wear wear a few hats and I, I kind of like them all.
0: That's awesome. That's very awesome. Yeah, I interviewed a guy the other day and he said one of the biggest things in life is to keep learning.
1: Absolutely. I think it's, Continue yeah, learning. yeah, keep learning. Uh, uh, we like to be in our comfort zone, you know, where everything is just, you know, we anticipate everything that's going to happen and we have that routine but I think, I think the times we grow are the times when we're most uncomfortable. Oh, for sure. Because then, and that's the universe just saying, okay, I'm pushing you somewhere else. I'm pushing you in a different direction. And, right. and uh, it may be uncomfortable, but uh, change, is, I think, is inevitable. And uh, uh, I think after a while, we have to learn to embrace it. And,
0: uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and change as well as um, y- y- failure. You know, Absolutely. Like, you know when, you, when you try something maybe once, maybe multiple times, if you fail, you learn from that and you grow, right? Absolutely,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Failure, is a, failure is a big part of success.
0: Yeah, I read something one day, it said um, the, the people that succeed have failed more times than most people have tried.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Some, I've heard something, that too. Something like that. Yeah. Um, uh, our youngest boy was into basketball and um, for all of high school and uh, it did very well. And I always remember uh, Michael Jordan had talked about, you know, he was such a, su- such a success in basketball. And he said, if only people knew how many times, the thousands and thousands of times that I missed the hoop right, 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 yeah. the t- thousands, so everybody who starts out, you know, no one's a master immediately, but I mean, you have to start somewhere, and starting, and keep going, and you're going to fail, but then, you know, it's either going to motivate you to move forward, and do better, or it's going to motivate, some people just give up, but you know, those of, are, those are people who do, uh, just keep going, and saying, okay, I'm going to do it this way, or I'm going to try a different angle, or whatever, right. then, you know, that's right. yeah, so success, uh, failure is a big part of success. Fail your way to the top,
0: yeah. And I think your mindset has a lot to do with it, too. Like, I had read once Henry Ford said, Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right.
1: Have, that's one of my favorite sayings,
0: right? Like, if you think you can do it and you put your mind to it, you will do it, you will accomplish you will. what you set out to. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, I don't think there are any limits in life except the ones we put on ourselves.
0: Exactly. Right.
1: And sometimes, sometimes there are limits that are imposed by other people, you know, other people yeah. in our past that have kind of like, Oh, well, you can't do this or you can't, I, I know, I know a lot of people that are very successful now that we're told in, you know, in school, school is such a big, uh, Create such an impact on people's lives you know oh you're not you're not a straight a student or you're not smart or you're not good at math or you're not good at uh writing or whatever they've gone on to become the most brilliant people in the world and right. it's the fact that someone said that you can't do this that just lit that fire in their motivates. belly <laughs> yeah it lit that fire in their belly that you know what i'm going to prove you wrong i can do that
0: as simple as that Yeah. I'm going to prove you wrong. Yeah. 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 That's that's cool. And I, I was chatting with somebody the other day about my grandkids because we have one that lives fairly close and we watch her all the time and she has such an amazing imagination and like just all the things she does, she takes a box or a a pole or a rope or whatever, a scarf and, and it's something. You know, it's, there's lava on the floor. So you got to bounce from pillow to pillow to pillow to stay off the lava kind of thing. Like just her amazing um, imagination. I, my wife and I talk about it all the time about not squashing that so that it grows.
1: Absolutely.
0: Because when we start saying, no, you can't do that or no, don't do that or stop being like that, that's when people, they become cocooned in a simple mindset
1: yeah it's like uh we we weren't given a a manual on how to parent or to right we were never given it um our parents uh uh you know uh taught us the way that they were taught right and um our imagination is one of the most underutilized resources we have yeah. Because it's where all the creativity comes. It's where the impossible comes from. It's like, so even as adults, if we could go back to that mindset of your little granddaughter and just have that fun imagination, imaginative mind that she can create anything in the world, uh, then, you know, it's, it's limitless what, what this child will do as she grows. So I would feed that, feed it
0: yeah and that's what we do like we 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 constantly you know she likes dress up so we purchase little and and not expensive like cheap dollar store stuff but things that she can use to dress up and imagine and create with yeah you know and it's just it's cool
1: yeah
0: and i i hope all my grandkids do that you know they yeah they learn and and grow like that
1: and i think you should all do that as we get older like i have a dress up yeah. I have a <laughs> you put we on a fire. <laughs> <laughs> But you know I have a funny dress up box and it's right. um I pull it out when it's necessary, you know, if right. someone's having a bad day, a funny wig and weird pair of glasses or a, yeah. Make
0: make people laugh and brighten yeah. their day.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, like I I used to broadcast hockey in the states and on halloween i would always dress up in a weird outfit you know and it's it's fun and creative absolutely and it yeah. brightens people's days
1: yeah and you can't uh you can't feel down or negative about the world if you're wearing something silly and crazy and <laughs> more, and there's always you no. your head off absolutely yeah and there's that little kid inside all of us right and we just yeah. don't you know bring that little allow that little kid to come out enough like yeah you know we grow up and we get serious for some reason and and uh and I think this this day and age uh with all the shifts that are happening in the world I think this is the time when uh we may feel heavy-hearted more than ever but this is the time when we really bring I need to bring that lightness in and that laughter and that love and just spread it around even more now
0: right right exactly Yeah. I I like those times we we went out to my daughter's for uh, New Year's Eve and we got laughing so hard the one night we were in tears and I love those times because yeah. you're just so carefree and just relaxed right
1: yeah yeah it's the best medicine laughter uh, yeah. it just fills your body with those feel-good chemicals and it's yeah yeah, yeah. It's so good for you that's so wonderful Troy
0: that's awesome um you had mentioned education you mentioned you know kids in school and stuff so how important or let me rephrase that education is important we need to learn what do you think carries more importance do you think classroom or life lessons
1: i think i came from a very academic Background. Um, um, I, I, I grew up in a small fishing village in Newfoundland. When I grew up, there was about a thousand people that lived there. Um, so my grade, I, and we only went to grade eleven. But my father had um, uh, gone on to university when he was uh, fifteen. He left home. I think he did grade grade nine from. So he did grade nine in September, went on to grade 10 in, in October. He read every nice. book he was. So, so we grew up with like uh, parents who were always reading. Um, encyclopedias were always out. He was always looking something up, so just totally. And I guess that's where our, because our, our, we're all like it, our, our uh, um, just drive to learn. And, and knowledge came from really, you know, uh, is National Geographic books. You know, were always there, just learning about all different parts of the world. There's even now today, there's barely a thing you can bring up with him that he can't talk about. You right. know, a topic. He, he knows um, but that being said, I really believe that school, uh, you know, academia is not individualized, and I think life experiences and, uh, you know, being driven, learning what your passion is in life, um, traveling, exploring, experiencing different cultures, um, all those things I think are just as important. I think it's important to be a well-rounded individual in this world. You know, you can have all the diplomas on your wall from all the degrees that you get. But if you don't have social skills or compassion or um, knowing what it's like to uh, live with diversity or in a multicultural setting, then I think you're it handicaps you in a way, Right. you know, so I think if you can um, embrace you know, uh, school, school, you know, regulated school and, and also embrace the other side of life, which is living, uh, uh, nurturing that part of you that you uh, incorporate all these other people and cultures and just embrace something new all the time. You know, I think that's really important. Being a well rounded individual, uh, being a good person, human being in this world is very important there's no book in this world that can do that right you know it's just experience i think that can can bring those things on and uh and sometimes it doesn't have to be good experiences bad experiences can make you uh decide well hey you know what uh that's not the route i want to take in my life right so um i think no matter what experience we've had in our past or whatever. It depends on which direction we choose to go with it. Right. You know, um, I grew up with um, uh, the belief that um, the janitor in school was just as important as the teacher. And right. when I was a nurse, when I was a nurse, uh, you know, our housekeeping staff or our security guards or our ambulance drivers or whatever, they were just as important as the surgeon or the, the chief right. of staff or... Because without them, the chief of staff can't do his job. Right. You know, we, we all had to become a community. Right. You know, not, not everybody had that, uh, you know, perspective on, on, on life or work or whatever it was or, you know, and but that was about them. That was something that they were dealing with. If, if they would look down on someone who would say, oh, they're just a janitor or whatever. Well, right. I have lots of friends that, you know, I have lots of friends home in Ang where I grew up, who have never really left Ang and they're still just as precious to me, you know, as, as anyone else, like, you know, uh, I have so much respect for them, I, I grew up with them, you know, we came, we came from the same place, and, uh, Uh, I think when, if we sit back and judge people, uh, we really need to take a big, hard look at ourselves.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I worked with a gentleman for a while. He was a Newfoundlander. Good man. Yeah. (laughs) He, he, um, he was a carpenter and of course the guys I worked with were all trades. There was myself, the plumber. I had an electrician that we worked with and a a painter and a, uh, hvac guy and of course all the trades you give each other a bit of a hard time right but this guy would always say to us you know i might just be a carpenter and maybe i don't make as much as you guys do but if i didn't build it you'd have nowhere to run your pipes or nowhere to mount your your fixtures for your electrical or anything right yeah and then of course the guys would all sit back and go uh yeah yeah you're right you know, because we are, we, like you said about the hospital, we're all part of a group that needs to work together to make things work or, or yes. complete things. Right.
1: Absolutely. Like, uh, you know, the foundation of anything uh, doesn't, um, we, we might think that it's, it's um uh, the foundation really is based on, on community. I think anything has to be based on, on a team, team approach, or uh, that's what I've found over the years. I worked as a nurse for 26 plus years and, um, you know, um, worked in many different areas and all across Canada. And uh, um, I, I think that that approach is what works. If you have someone who comes in, I've, I've worked under lots of uh, supervisors and whatever, and, and the supervisors that really listen and hear you are the ones that tend to get more done. And if you are heard too, uh, you tend to give more. Right, right. You know, so it's, um, yeah, I, it, it you can't have a team if there's separation. Yeah. You just can't, like... Uh, I, I worked in the OR uh, for many years as a nurse, and it's probably one of the most difficult areas to work in because you're in this confined space the entire time you're working. Right? It's yep. not like you can just run off down the hall and and get away from somebody or whatever. So right. you're there with everybody. It's tight quarters. So
0: and sometimes uh, it's many hours.
1: Yes, and you re- <clears throat> excuse me, you really get to know who people are and you really get to know who you are because you have to accommodate and adjust because the patient on the table is still the priority.
0: Right.
1: Regardless of how the surgeon behaves or the nurses behave or the, the cleaning staff behave or whatever, the priority is that patient. Right. It, may be our, it may have been our fifth procedure of the same thing that day. But we need to go into it with the mindset that this is this person's first time experiencing this, and we have to treat them justly, right? You know, with the yeah. same. So um, working in the R really made me uh, really open my eyes to um, how how you do have to accommodate in life for for others that are vulnerable at the time. Right. Yeah.
0: What? Um, what? motivated you or or gave you the idea to choose that career nursing yes
1: when i when i grew up in newfoundland we would have education week did, did you ever have those education week we did school? yeah yeah we did and i don't know what they call them now i think it's a different name they've rephrased everything but uh so, at that time, uh, we were a very remote community. Uh, once you entered Ang uh, there was no other road to go anywhere. You had to take, take a boat. Um,
0: and kind of, so- kind of like Fort McMurray when I first moved there, it was the end of the road.
1: Yes, it is the <laughs> end of the road. What am I saying, right? I'm, I'm right. back in the same place. Um, but, uh, so we would have education week and, and I I guess when I look back, there's so many different things now, but back then, uh, you know, in the late seventies, early eighties, it was usually like, you know, uh, uh, armed forces that came to talk to us, police officers, nurses, or teachers that came. And so we got that exposure. We never got really uh, exposure to much of anything else. I think computer science was starting to slowly creep in and Um, but I remember, uh, when I was 13, 14, 15, my grandfather got very sick and we moved into his house with him as a family. And my parents hired a caretaker to come help him. And that really put me on that road to wanting to care and help for people who were vulnerable, who were sick, who were so I remember when I wrote my, you had to write an essay at that time for uh, entrance and uh, uh, I didn't have the chemistry, physics, um, biology courses. We, we did grade 11. So we did earth science, geography or whatever, but we had to write an essay, uh, an entrance essay. And it was a lot about my grandfather, my father's nice. father and how he became ill and how we nursed him and helped, you know, uh, we all kind of came together as a family to help him and do what he needed to get him well again. And nice. uh, that's what really inspired me to become a nurse.
0: So, so for you, this was a very personal decision.
1: Yeah, it was. It nice. was.
0: That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: Um, and it was, a, it was a great career. Like, uh, uh, very challenging career. Uh, it, it w- takes a lot out of you physically and emotionally. Uh, right. Um, but there were days that I would be so happy about a case that I had or whatever, you'd have to scrape me off the ceiling. Like, you know, it was a high that, uh, was such, such a natural o- occurrence. Like it was just like, wow, you know, uh, we were really able to help because a lot of times it's life and death you go in and you're not sure what the outcome is going to be right and I love that I get I'm a Gemini I get bored really easy I've learned that about myself I get bored I love variety so I worked in acute areas ICU I worked obstetrics labor and delivery uh premature babies I work with uh, in the OR, uh, I don't know if I said emergency. Uh, so I, I've worked in areas where you just never know what's coming through the door, and every case right. is different. And that is what used to like just fire me up because it made me use my resources. Right. And even though you think, oh well, I practiced that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was that in paragraph five on page ten of my notes. But it's amazing how it's in there it's right. recorded in your subconscious and when you need it it comes out and and you right. you use it you know so i love that about nursing
0: that's awesome yeah, yeah. I, I, my my uh aunt was a an emergency room nurse for i don't know 40 some years in in pincher creek alberta and she okay. uh, she worked nights pretty <laughs> much her whole career because she liked the amount of action that went on at
1: night yeah. especially on a full moon so,
0: yeah yeah full moons for the craziest
1: yeah
0: yeah do you when you were growing up you your parents your siblings who or who do you think had the biggest impact on who you've become
1: oh i I think both my parents did in very different ways. Um, my mother, uh, like I said, she's been gone. She died way too young at sixty-two, breast cancer. Um, she she was our glue. She held us together. My father worked a lot outside the home. My mother did too. We we had a um, a family business. Um, my father was also the fish merchant for the town. Uh, he was manager of the Salt Fish Corporation. And um so we had businesses. Uh we had a store in Anglee that sold everything, right from groceries down to coffins, you know, like had a bit of everything. And he worked on the barter system. So uh for years he um uh he in the at the beginning of the of the fishing season, he would give the men the supplies that they would need to start their fishing. And then they would pay him back as they they got the their quotas and their fish and whatever. And so he worked outside the home a lot. He was always busy, always had a pen and paper in his pocket, writing notes of things he had to do and stuff like that. So mom was very loving, huggy, touchy. Um loved to laugh she loved to laugh she was an incredible singer i don't sing i can whistle a little bit my brother sings really well Um, she loved to sing Uh, she loved to have fun and uh so she taught me that piece and and later on in life when she got sick um you know you, you see a different i saw a different side of her and uh the more i get to her age the more i can identify with her and realize exactly what she was going through you know when i was younger i don't know that i truly realized what she was going through but she's taught me you know uh so many blessings and she would christmas especially in newfoundland I, i still see this picture of her uh we'd all be down you know um dress normally kind of thing, and people would be over, and uh, we'd be socializing and having fun. She'd go upstairs, and she'd get dressed up like a man, come down with the mustache, painted on, and, the you know, and just be silly. It was kind of spontaneous, right? Um, so she gave me so many gifts, and she was also so involved in the community. She was she had started up Tops, which was a, a weight loss group. You know, uh, she she was involved in Girl Guides and Pathfinders. Uh, she was involved in World Peace Day with the church. She was always involved in other things outside the home like that. And uh, and uh, so so that was you know always showing me that you know it's good to to give to give back to people. Um, my father. Um, He like I say, he's eighty-five. Uh he just went into a senior's home in uh um it was a year in November back in Newfoundland. And um he's waiting on a hip replacement right now. Um mentally he's pretty sharp still. And uh he's actually uh what's gotten him through the first year of being in um a senior's home, he went in basically because he he needs the hip replacement. He just couldn't uh, live on his own anymore. Um, is my cousin in Ontario is writing a book about growing up in Angley, in nice. where where her, her parents grew up. And so she asked my father if he would, if she would ha- if he would help her uh, write things, you know, things that he remembered. So he's been just writing constant about <laughs> things that he remembered he did as a kid and here, and he'll call all of us up you know and uh and he'll say you know i i just remembered what i did like the time i i rode my bike in the middle of winter on the ice from angle to Byte Arm, and there there was an open bay and he said all i had with me was a hammer i'd walk, i'd ride so far on the bike and then i'd get out with the hammer and i'd check the thickness of the ice in front of me <laughs> And, and so, so many stories he's telling us now about, um, uh, you know, is, is childhood and it's, it's a blessing for us to be able to listen to all this because there are things we never heard of before. So right. it's amazing how things come around and this writing these things for, to help her with her book has been a lifesaver for him because he's, he loves to his share memory. and Yeah. And, um, yeah, he'll just call me up at the blue. You never guess what I remembered today, you know, so it's triggering all these things he had forgotten right so so That's he's amazing. given me my, my- my thirst for knowledge, academic knowledge, and very quiet man, very reserved he He wasn't the type of father that you could just go jump in his arms and and uh, cuddle him, and uh, you know he's very reserved, very quiet but when I would go home as an adult, or when I was in nursing school, when I would go back home for a visit, he'd be the first one at the door, he'd hug me and tell me he loved me, and he'd take my, my bags in the house, but he didn't hug me or tell me he loved me anymore until I left, but I always right. knew he did, Yeah.
0: you know, whereas my That's mother awesome. was,
1: my mother was every day, so they were very different, but they gave me very different things, so I think both of them uh, are equally important you know, that's
0: and um, yeah, so. Do you think your siblings had, I know I know, growing up in a family, you know, you have your sibling rivalries or your arguments and things, but do you think there's anything that, that they've given you that's taught you any lessons or that you've gained from them?
1: Oh, I think so. Um, my brother, David, is just 11 months older than me um he he was when when we were little he was uh wow this is really a walk down memory lane isn't it when we were little uh he was the first boy and my parents lived with my grandparents my father's parents so he was the he was the boy and they they had a, a a lady that lived with them uh nora And she was kind of like a housekeeper, uh, nanny sort of. And she took such a liking to David. She loved him dearly. So when I came along, I was kind of like, you know, uh, David was always the one she loved the most. And she didn't deny it. She was, you know, it was very visible. My mother even, even would comment on it when I was old enough to realize what she was saying that I wish Nora would just, pay as much attention to you as she does to David you know so I think it made me learn to be um, and this wasn't David's fault he was just a baby but it made me learn to be uh, more independent more um, you know um, in tune with who I was and and yeah it used to tick me off sometimes I have to say because it that went on even up into our teen years you know, it was, went on a long time. We
0: all, we all want, um, recognition or, um, you know, that type of attention, I guess. Yes. We all want it, right? Like you don't, you don't go anywhere and hope that everybody pays attention to everyone else, but not you. Yeah. Right. We Mm -hmm. all want the attention. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, so I think I learned that from him and now like he's, He lived here in Fort Mac. He just uh, bought a place in La worked. He was uh, retired from the Army of 30 years. Uh, He was in the Air Force. Um, He went through a lot of things. uh, Back in 92, uh, his chopper ditched in the Gulf of Mexico uh, with an electrical failure. They all survived, they all got out. You know, it flipped over, went down, and they all got out, and uh, he also was with Swissair when they did the cleanup and things like that. So he's been through uh, quite a bit of stuff. He's an incredible writer. He's, um, you know, um, yeah. So um, yeah, I, I've learned to be very independent, and I think a lot, uh, a lot has to do with him. And um, and we we have it's funny how you have different relationships with your siblings. Uh, some siblings you, you spend more time with and some you spend less time with. And uh, David and I don't see each other a lot, but I know he loves me. I love him. And uh, he's, he, he, he's working. He, he does a safety, um, he has a safety uh, company now for construction here nice. in Fort Max. So he's quite busy with that. And I know that when he's off work, he needs to just totally decompress and recharge so I respect that Uh, my yeah my sister Lois is um she's eight years younger than me Uh, she was a surprise and uh but a lovely surprise she's such a unique individual um uh she beats her own drum always has um uh she's just a free spirit and um and we're fairly close, and uh, even though there's, you know, the age difference, I really didn't get uh, to know her, actually, until she went off to university, Uh, so I was eight when she was born, and when she was eight, I left for nursing school, basically, so, um, you know, uh, so I really didn't get to really know her a lot, because as an eight year old and then a teenager who wants to really play with their little right. sister, right. you know? So, uh, so I ended up a lot of times, you know, I was her babysat a lot and stuff like that, but, but she's she's a very unique individual. She does, um, uh, crafting, felting of, uh, different birds and whales. And she sells her, pr- her projects all over the world. She does incredible, nice. incredible, incredible work. And, um, Yeah. So she's taught me to be a little more free, you know, a little more relaxed, a little more, a little more me because, uh, I think I, uh, I, I don't think I know I was kind of the people pleaser, you know, please mom and dad and pleased everybody. And I think it's good to, to help people, but not at, uh, not sacrificing who you are. And I, I was guilty of doing that for a number of years. And uh, a lot of us do that. And, but acknowledging it, uh, acknowledging it and realizing that you are a people pleaser is the only way that you can change it. Right. You know, and uh, not, not being a people pleaser now in life doesn't mean that I don't care about people or I'm selfish or whatever, but it just means that I know what I need in my life. I know what I don't need. And there's a big difference. So,
0: yeah. And yeah, you need to know when to take your time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like,
0: like you said, your brother has to recharge. You need to know when you need to recharge.
1: Absolutely. And I've learned that. You know, I came from a family of uh, <clears throat> very, very hard workers. And it was almost the theme of uh, what you accomplish, your value is determined by what you accomplish in the run of a day. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that, right? We, yep. you, you know, so, um, so I've really learned to kind of let that go, uh, a lot. And, uh, but it took me it took me a long time because it's ingrained in you, you know. Yeah. Um, I I know that I some days at work I could accomplish more in an hour than some people would accomplish all day. Right. And exactly. that's just the way I was, yep. you know, just yeah, driven and yeah. so there, there's got to be a balance in life yeah, yeah. So, so so i'm really proud of 56 <laughs> some go. people don't want to get older but i'm just really proud of of 56 uh and getting older i'm not afraid of it Uh some people don't like it at all but i i, I find that i'm becoming more me the older i get um nice. and also I met so many people who never made it to 20 or 30 or 40. And yep. so it's a blessing to be able to say that I'm 56.
0: I I look at it as growing wiser and gaining more experiences. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. It's, yeah, like I there's agree. There's lots
0: of stuff out there you haven't experienced yet. Yeah. And yeah, that's true. Now's now's your time, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so that's I how think, I look at it I as think well. That's a
0: big thing. Yeah. Um, what do you do to unwind in in your own time what do you do for you
1: me um read uh i love to dance i love music i'm the type that you know my husband will get in the car and it's like okay yeah he'll turn on the radio and it's blasting because <laughs> i i just love music i love all kinds of music i That's love i do. love yeah, I do. I I, I I don't like straining to hear the words. I need to hear yeah. them right. And when I'm driving, the the better the music is, the faster I drive. So I use cruise control a lot. But um, I love music. I love um, I love interacting with people. And I know mostly we now do it online. Uh, you know, uh, I really miss hugging people. I'm a I'm a huggy touchy type person. I really miss that physical hug. Um, What else do I do? I meditate. Um, I take time now just to relax and do nothing sometimes. Never did that before in my life, Troy. I I will just make myself a cup of tea, put my feet up, and just sit there in the silence. And I'm okay with that. Before I would be, oh, my goodness, what should I be doing? Or what can I, you know? and uh but i am able now to take that time to just um just be and i'm okay yeah i don't have to i don't have to talk to someone i don't have to be on my phone i don't you know i we we just got two new little puppies new year's eve so i don't have much downtime but i'm getting so much love from them that it it really doesn't matter
0: yeah that's awesome yeah it's exciting um who do you think in your life, so outside of your family, maybe maybe a teacher or a coworker or something, who do you think had the, the biggest impact on you?
1: Uh, oh, I think there's a lot of people who had big impacts on me. Um, in my community, uh, looking back, I, I um, became pregnant at um, 16 and um, I was in grade 11 and uh, I ended up having to stay home uh, from February on. My blood was low and anyway, so all the teachers, bless their hearts, and my, my classmates every day would bring home my homework for the day
0: nice.
1: They, uh, they would all take turns doing it. And I would go to school and i write my exams. Um, And my mother, uh, I know when, when I took my final exams, my mother uh, could have gone in and written them. She studied with me, you know, day and night and and I passed with honors. Like she, she, you know, really helped me. So all of them inspired me. And I remember my graduation, I was quite big and pregnant at that point because I'm not very tall. So I was, you know, very big. And uh, my daughter, Vicky was born in August. So at the end of June, uh, I was quite big. So my classmates, and I've thanked them since, I, I thanked them all individually. Uh, they wore over their beautiful dresses and suits they wore the gowns from the church choir. Nice. The United Church Choir, so that it would camouflage me and I wouldn't stick out like a sore thumb. So you all
0: look the same.
1: We all look the same. Nice. And at the time, I don't know if I, being 16 and and pregnant, it was uh, emotionally a very rough time for me. Um, You know, it's... mainly it was like, Oh my God, like, you know, how did I mess up? How did this happen? Well, I know how it happened, but you know, uh, <laughs> right. We all know how, we all know how it happened, but uh, you know, it was like, it wasn't supposed to have been on my agenda, but I, I, at the time, I don't think I realized how big that gesture was that they wore those gowns for me that day. Right. and made me feel part of them even more right. even if it was in a visual sense because i was so into the fact that oh my god here i am pregnant grade 11 small town everybody's talking blah 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 blah. Right. but as years went on and the more i would look at those pictures and i'd remember those times and i've gone back and done a lot of work on things that happened to me in my past you know with uh um as uh, certain tools that i've learned over the years and uh and it was really important for me to thank them for what they did. And my teachers as well, you know, sending that work home to me because it's gotten me to where I am today. Right. You know. right. And my daughter, Vicki, uh, she'll be 40 this year. Yes, Vicki, I know you don't want me to say it, but you're going to be 40 <laughs> this year. Uh, I just love her to death. Like, you know, we, uh, my parents raised her. I, I went off to university, to nursing school. And at the time, I didn't fully understand. I was 17 years old, had this beautiful little baby. I just wanted to be a mom, and but uh, they sacrificed for me, um, and uh, I have to thank them for what they did. And um, in the beginning, I used to think, you know, I just missed this baby so much. She grew inside me. She was a part of me, you know, and. Um, but I, I I couldn't at that point. I was so young, and I couldn't look at the entire picture. Right. So right. you know um, we have a great relationship. She lives here in Fort McMurray now. With uh, we have two grandchildren, Jacob and Clara. They're nice. 18 and 13. Like they're big. They could carry me around.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, and uh, we don't get to see them as much now because of COVID. And uh, you know we could go to Walmart and see each other more, but uh so uh so it's all come full circle like we have such a great mother-daughter relationship you know and um so so i forgave myself finally for for all that and i think anyone who goes through that they do because in the end you just have this beautiful baby that you're going to love yeah you know it's not the end of the world yeah yeah that's
0: awesome yeah um Growing up, did you play sports and stuff? Were you involved in like school activities and things?
1: I was on every team there was.
0: Nice. I was awesome.
1: I awesome. played softball, broomball. Do you ever have you ever heard of broomball? I, I played broomball, yep. Did you, it wasn't that, that fun? Was I don't awesome. know why why doesn't anyone play broomball now? I don't know. That's it's
0: not a big thing. I it played, was so much I played, fun. Uh, I played lacrosse too, which is, I think is an amazing game.
1: I've never played it, but I've watched it. Yeah. That yeah. sounds like fun, but we played broom ball, you know, those orange spongy bottom shoe boots you wore. Yeah. And, um, yeah. yeah um, I play, we did skate, we skated all the time, cross country skiing. Uh, I was table tennis, badminton, volleyball, basketball I was on all the teams. Uh, Even now, I'll play, uh, my husband and I play badminton, and uh, I'm still pretty tough. I'll nosedive for a birdie. I will. He said, Phil, he said, you really don't care if you lose your two front teeth, do you? I said, nope. I said, it's a matter of getting that birdie back over there, and you can't get it. So, uh, I definitely do have a very competitive side, but... Nice. Uh, no, we were involved in all the sports. We were involved in dra- drama, club. Uh, I think for a small community, it was really important to be involved in those things. Nice. You know, nice. um, yeah. So, so, and, and because we were a small community, like I graduated my class grade 12, grade 11 was, there was 12 to 16 of us. I can't remember exactly the number. So it was small. It was a small school. Because I remember my husband saying, we, we go to the gym a lot and stuff, and when we first met and got together, he said, well, I'll get you a combination lock for the gym. I said, why would you get me a combination lock? Just get me a lock with a key. Well, Phil, everybody knows how to use a combination lock. And I said, well, I've never used one. What do you mean you've never used it? So he grew up in a school of 300, high school, yeah. where they had to use combination locks, right? Yeah. I had a cubby. In my school, right? Just a yeah. whole, you know a hole in the wall, you know it wasn't a locker. So he was shocked that I didn't, I'd never use a combination lock. And I said, well, it's because I didn't have to. We trusted everybody, and we just put our books and our boots and our coats in, you know, right? Yeah. So, uh, awesome. so I think that was an advantage of growing up in a small community was that you got to be on all those teams. We traveled a lot with sports we would get billeted out we would meet all kinds of people and end up being pen pals with them all back then because you had to write letters back then right you couldn't right. just send them a message you could call them but it was probably long distance back then and your parents probably wouldn't want that too much we but only,
0: only talk for a minute
1: yeah so we wrote you know we wrote letters yeah. and so we met people all over newfoundland and then people would come to Engley and We'd have tournaments there and they would get billeted out in our places. And of course, now billeting is, you know, people just don't do that. Few few
0: and far between.
1: Absolutely. And those were really big, uh, like you talk about the academic part and the experience part, those were like experiences. Yeah. Right? The experience part of it. And it was good.
0: What do you think is one lesson that you've learned from being part of a team or in a team environment? with other players or coaches what what is something you would pull from that
1: well being on a team and i i've I've been on many uh even as a nurse i was on a lot of different teams of like uh developing new uh pamphlets or new booklets or new teaching tools or um i think it's important uh to listen you know I also think it's important to um, um, be interactive you need to listen but you need to be interactive because the more you're interactive the more I think you learn okay the more you ask questions and the more you know uh, and being a team player is um, I think lifting someone else up when you recognize that they're not probably having the greatest day or um, maybe taking on something a little extra if you know that someone else is struggling personally or something like that. I think it's uh, uh, when you become part of a team and you, you actually become, learn to rely on one another. And uh, so it's important to uh, get to know people personally you know, and nice. realize where their struggles come from. And uh, so because um, we all have them at different times in our life, we never know when they're going to show up. For sure. Yep. Right. For sure. So uh, being a team player is very important. And it, it doesn't mean that you get to have the stage all the time. It means that you sit back and listen. But when you have something important to say, even if you think, well, maybe that's a silly question, or maybe it's a silly thing to feel that needs to be included, or maybe that's a probably wouldn't be the best technique to do right now. Sometimes it's just worth saying it and doing it and, yeah. you know, not being afraid. But that comes with, again, maturity, right?
0: Right, right. Yeah. What do you think is the best piece of advice someone has ever given you?
1: You do you. Awesome. you do you uh, I think and it took me a long time to realize that it was okay to just be me I'm a little twisted I don't beat everybody's drum I will never beat everybody's drum and that's okay uh, a lot of people don't I've, I've been in you know, uh, conventional medicine as a nurse for 26 like I said plus years uh, I left because I became sick Uh, I recovered, thankfully, but I was uh, persistent, and I I, uh, sought out alternative measures. Uh, Conventional medicine wasn't able to help me. Um, So I had to go with what uh, resonated with me, and it's not everyone's cup of tea. Everybody, some people still probably think it's a bit outlandish, you know, uh, being able to change memories and uh, um, it's definitely not the way that I was raised in, in rural Newfoundland, you know? Uh, But I think as we grow in life, I think we have to evolve, you know, uh, and, and learning new things. And uh, I've learned a lot of coping skills because I was a sick person, because I was in a dark place at times in my life. And, and, And I'm thankful for those dark places because of that, because it's taught me tools. I have a toolbox of so many different things that I can use to help myself, help my family, uh, help other people that, you know, uh, I've been in a waiting room at a garage waiting to get my oil changed and I can see a woman or a man falling apart next to me and just strike up a conversation and within a few minutes I can help them feel better nice, or get a grasp on things. And so I think it's important to find out what rocks your boat, what makes you tick and you just be you because everybody else is out there doing their own thing. And no matter what everybody, you know, we're all on social media now, we're all connecting this way. Right. And thank God we have this you know, because we can still get our messages out to the world and, and things. But I really think that, um, everybody has their own gift. They're brought into this world with their own gift, uh, to bring to the world. And if we can be open-minded enough and, um, say, okay, yeah, I'll listen to that or I'll, I'll try that then fine. But some people are, are never like that or, you know, and that's fine if, if it whatever works for them. But one big thing I've learned is that it was important for me to learn to be my authentic self, not to hide anymore, not to be, uh, uh, you know, I, I used to always say Jim McDonald's good little girl, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um um, I'm still I'm still his little girl I'll always be his little girl and I love him to death but uh you know I'm more outspoken than I've ever been um, and I also love helping people I think that is my uh, thing in life is that uh, I have such a desire inside me being a nurse I was a nurse at 20 years old uh, I've been a healer all my life you know Conventional medicine. Uh, I've been a patient on the other side of things, um, so I've seen both sides of what it's like to be the nurse and the patient, and um, and I've done dabbled in alternative medicine for over 20 years. So uh, I have a good broad, um, you know, uh, toolbox <laughs> of ways to cope. And it doesn't mean I don't have bad days or anything like that, but, uh, I do have ways of making it, you know, a little better. Right. And I like so, to share those.
0: Awesome. Yeah. You've helped me out quite, quite a lot. Just saying. Well, I'm glad. I'm
1: glad it was fun. We had fun that day.
0: Yeah. Yes, we did. We did have fun. Um, with regards to education or even life, how do you know when you know?
1: For me, uh, like recently, I, I'm on this new path in my life that is very exciting, very new. Uh, uh, in in the summer, we were presented with an opportunity uh, to uh, uh, become part of, of a, a global community. Uh, with network marketing, with frequency therapy. And I remember, Troy, the first day I heard about it, my insides felt like they lit up. Nice. It felt like it lit up. Like I just, there were no reservations. There was no hesitation. I know exactly where I was. I was standing in the kitchen. I was listening to a video on Facebook of a friend of mine uh from from the us and she was talking about frequency therapy and i said to gary right then and there i said i have to be a consultant for this nice i have to get this out into the world i have to let people know what's available and it was just so i think if you find something and it just like i i still remember the feeling it was like this is real, how could, like, I I had no words.
0: It's like that aha moment, the light bulb just kind of bing.
1: Absolutely, and it, and even, and I learned that in May of last year, was the first I heard of it, and I've since become a member, and we have a team, and it hasn't been launched in Canada yet, but it's coming, and um, I'm still as passionate about it now as I was back then. Nice. So I, I think like some a lot of us, uh, a lot of people are in jobs uh, or have careers that it's a Monday to Friday job, it pays the rent, it pay, puts food on my table, it pays for my car, but there's no joy in it. And and I think after a time, um, that, that just becomes stress, all stress. But when you can impact someone's life and give them um you know uh when when you feel that passion inside you that oh my gosh i can't wait to work with someone to show them how this works and help them sleep help them get rid of their pain you know help them balance their body and it's still again it's health-based i'm i'm uh, that is my you know niche in life is is health and wellness uh, this this is the only home we have we may have the structural house that we live in, and you know, we have a kitchen and whatever. But this body and this mind are our only homes on this planet. It's nice. the one that we live in twenty four seven, and it's the one that you know we have to take care of and nurture and love and and clean it up. Like if you if you got some crap going on in your brain, clean it up. You know, and uh, there are ways to do it. Memories aren't permanent. They don't have to be we we are uh, I think sometimes as a culture we, we we feel that we have to suffer through life right there's that mindset uh in a lot of cultures but uh we really don't have to it's a choice now because there's right. so much information out there we don't have to suffer right yeah I truly
0: believe nice. that that's yeah. awesome yeah if you could write a letter to your younger self what age would it be and what would you say?
1: I've done that actually. Uh, I, uh, when I was, um, I think when I turned 50, I wrote a birthday card to myself, but it was my 105th birthday. And it was me writing it to me and elaborating on what my life was like so it was almost like it was a um, uh, an intention for what my life would be I don't know I yes I do know you you believe in intentions and you believe in the power of belief and the mind and collectively the more we intend together um uh, if you can believe it you can achieve it right So um, if I were to write a letter today, I think it would be to my 16-year-old self, letting her know that everything was gonna be okay, that she didn't have to be so scared, that she really didn't let everybody down as much as she thought she did, that she, you know, if we could, you know, we never know what the future holds and we only are what we, we know at the time, until we learn something different. And, um, but that's who I, I often, actually in my mind, go back and nurture her. Nice. In my mind, and we can do that. Um, The the tool that I I use a lot is um, Fast of T, and it's a mind change, trauma-based technique, and it's user-friendly. I would recommend anybody and everybody learn how to tap on themselves. It's an incredible, incredible tool. I think our children should learn how to use it. Uh, I've worked with so many people that have been through uh, you know, quite severe trauma and they will come out the other side laughing. Nice. And, um, and even with loss, grief is such a big thing that uh, as a culture, we tend to hold on to grief Grief tends to equate how much we love someone, and if we give up that grief, then there's this big part of us that feels like we're letting go of the love that we had for them. But that is never the case, because our loved ones, once they're gone, they're happy, they're healed, they're well. That is my belief, anyway. You know, there, there, there's one big party up there, and they're just happy and singing. I, my mother's singing every day to me. And uh, so, so I don't think that our loved ones that leave us want us to be sad and miserable. Yes, there is a time to grieve, but um, not all your life. Right. And so some of the work that I've done with people are, you know, and still choose to do with people, although I don't do it professionally anymore, but I'm thinking it might change. I'm not sure. <laughs> I might open that back up a little bit. Nice. And, um, uh, so yeah, I would recommend anybody look up fast tree of tea, learn how to tap. Um, and it's, it, it will save your life It save mine. That's how That's I recovered when I became sick.
0: Awesome. I yeah. love your passion for helping people and, and serving others. That's amazing. Thank you. Um, couple random questions before we sign off here. If you were standing. Out, say in in your little town in Newfoundland, someplace that's very familiar to you. If you were standing out by yourself and there was a door in front of you, what would your door look like? Describe your door to me.
1: Wow, that's an interesting question, Troy.
0: Like I I said, random.
1: mm -hmm. (laughs) I was standing angle and my door. In front of me. I think it would be wide open. Okay. I can see red in there because red's one of my favorite colors, but I think the door would be wide open and it would be just uh sending love to everybody.
0: Does your door open in or out?
1: Oh, that's another good one. I think it opens in because I can see the red. And I would be just inviting everybody in and The message I think I would give everybody is don't ever give up. It's never too late. Uh, I have seen so many miracles in my life that I do not believe in the quote, no cure. I don't. I I, I believe that the body has an innate ability to heal itself. Uh, The mind does. Uh, but I think sometimes we, you know, listen to other people's opinions or theories on things and that's all we believe in. And, um, right. so I think everybody, I, I would, I, I think it's just so important to love everybody. Nice. You know, what? even if you don't know them, like, um, you know, uh, I heard someone say a little while ago. Um, they were asked, well, how how can you love me when you don't know me? And her response was, well, there's so many people in this world that hate people and don't know them. I choose to love you.
0: Right, right. And I
1: thought that was really profound. I thought it was like, you know what? That's really, really good.
0: Just love everybody. It's kind of like walking down the street. And you don't necessarily know everybody you're walking past, but you smile at everyone
1: yeah yeah
0: you know just yeah just a smile just uh yeah.
1: you know nod your head
0: can they kind of stand up a
1: little taller it's true they, yeah they, and and yeah. even compliment people yeah. like if I see a woman with a nice jacket on or a you know a real hot pair of shoes or or you know or someone who um with a, a dog or i will compliment them or I'll say, "Geez, you know you look good today' You know, or and I really believe that that makes that can make someone's weak. Yeah. And you don't know what anyone else is going through. Like you just don't yeah. know. And I, I know you from knowing you. You know, and Nancy and I. I know you guys are that that kind of people. You are. You know, and yeah. I think that's why why we've met and why we're connected so well. Yeah. I really do believe that.
0: Yeah, I I think that everybody connects at a certain level with certain people because of certain things in their life. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah it's awesome. Yeah. So what would be on the other side of your door if you stepped through it?
1: I stepped through that door in my hometown. Would be acceptance and love and um, camaraderie. Um, It would be what else? Peace. Um, I I remember you really got me thinking here. I remember, (laughs) I like this though. I like, uh, I remember growing up uh, it was very uh, it was a thousand people, and we had i think there were seven different churches and so we we were the Catholic family and there were just a handful of Catholic families in Anglia at the time, and everyone else was Protestant so there were a lot of things said about you know it was a this belief in a fearful God, a fearing God, or being God-fearing or whatever. And so I grew up with that perception for a long time and um, really didn't know the difference because, you, like I said, you don't know until you learn something new. And I think going through that door now, the God that I have a relationship with and, and love is all about love, is loving. And I think for a long time, I didn't even feel, this is deep, Troy, you're, you're really good. I, I didn't even feel that I deserved God's love because I wasn't born Protestant or I wasn't, but those were other people's beliefs. I had to work my way out of them, and thankfully I have. And so I think that I would just, there's just that when I walk through that door at home, it's just embracing everybody and just loving them all and letting them know that it's, it's okay not to be fearful. I don't think we're meant to go through life being afraid. You know, I think God is a loving God. He, we're all his children and uh, whatever you believe in is, is fine. Uh, I believe in God and uh, um, he loves us all. Equally, everybody yes. on the planet, regardless of color, regardless of, you know, their identity, what they choose to be, he loves us all, every that's, one of us.
0: It's awesome.
1: Yeah, so I would embrace, just embrace them all, because God can't be down here to love us all or put, put it, his arms around us, but so we can do that for him. Right. Yeah.
0: Right. If you were stuck on a desert island and you had a device... And it only it never died. And it only played one song over and over and over and over. What song would that be? You okay. couldn't shut it off. Couldn't you have to listen to this thing constantly.
1: One of my favorite songs is um Van Morrison's Into the Mystic. Nice. It just takes me away. I feel like I'm floating on a river. It's just I love Van Morrison. And I play that song a lot and there's a lot of different versions of it now, but it his version is my favorite. Nice. It's just yeah. Yeah. Awesome. What would be your what would be your favorite song?
0: Um Hotel California would be my my go-to song. Yeah. I can listen yeah. to that over and over all the time, forever, and just yeah. there's a lot of Eagles songs that I could put on there, but that would be the one that would if I had to pick one, that would be it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. funny. Uh, I don't mind uh, repeating songs because I'll find a song that I love or that inspires me and I'll just play it and play it and play it until I know all the words. Some, like if if I find something new and uh, but there's a lot of people that don't like that repetition. They like, yeah. you know, so but once I find something I really like. But yeah, Van Morrison is always or and Tom Jones. I'm a Tom Jones fan. I mean, I, I just love the guy. I got to see him live in concert uh, a few years ago and he was 78 then, I think. Man, he put on a show. Incredible.
0: Yeah. Continues on. Oh, yeah. yeah like
1: just awesome. amazing, that's amazing. Yeah.
0: So, final question. If Phyllis McDonald Maddie has gone through her whole life, you're you're a big learner. If you've learned everything you could ever learn in your life, you've accomplished everything you've ever wanted to, and you've just, beyond your wildest dreams, you've just achieved everything, and you've just gained all this knowledge, when you pass on and you leave this earth, nobody here would know who Phyllis McDonald Maddie is. If you could leave behind three lessons for life, what would they be?
1: Um, to have what you've never had you must do what you've never done so just get out of your comfort zone do it Um, if you don't so that's just one thing if you don't like what you're getting then you must do something different Uh, that's been a big quote for me to have what you've never had you must do what you've never done the second thing would be uh, don't ever give up on yourself um be who you want to be what whatever rocks your boat whatever makes your world turn whatever fires you up that is what you're meant to be no matter what anyone else tells you you know uh that's what you're meant to do and uh do it because life is short but in the same breath it's never too late no matter how old you are no matter uh what your circumstances it's never too late, too late to follow your dreams and your passion. So, nice. um, the third thing would be um, let me see, the third one. I'm guessing it's always the hardest one, isn't it? Um, just uh, help people. I find helping and helping people and teaching people things that I have learned. People think that when you teach, you're always the one giving. But when, I, when I've teach people, I learned so much, Troy. I, I remember when I was um, working as a nurse, I would always sign up to be a preceptor for nursing students and to teach them, you know, how to work on the floor and give meds and procedures and stuff like that you wouldn't believe how much stuff I I learned in that process nice you know new techniques new ideas new theories new everything so I think teach but be teachable is like because that's been such a gift for me offer to teach what you know so that you can learn more as well great yeah
0: that's nice Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I love your insight on life. Um, like I said, your your passion for healthcare or for helping people and and being a, of service to people it's amazing. And you're a great person, I think. And i I hope that people watching this can learn from it or take you know things that we've talked about and use them in their lives to help them be better people and and maybe realize that. You know, we all start at a place and maybe don't have the same path, but we can all be amazing in our own way. I think that's, you know, that's a big thing. And I hope people watch it and get inspired and, you know, enjoy what we've talked about today. Yeah. I I hope so
1: too. Uh, Anything I've said hasn't come out of just reading a textbook. I've lived, uh, Like I said, in some very dark places, I've experienced suffering. I I know uh, it wasn't easy roads for me. There were some pretty dark valleys, but you don't have to stay there unless you choose to. You know, uh, always reach out. Uh, That's something I had to learn was that, uh, because growing up in Newfoundland, we were kind of, um, uh, you know, my father, excuse me, my father was a businessman, so, We kind of didn't need for things or want for things, but it was kind of this silent thing of you don't need to ask for help. So I had to learn that as an adult when I found myself, you know, in certain situations that you need to ask for help. It takes a community. We can't get through. We're all walking each other home. I love that phrase. We're all walking each other home. We're all holding hands. We're all, and as we hold hands, we're just sharing each other's energy and knowledge. And so it's not all about reading a book. It's about what you experience in life. And if you are in a dark place, uh, there's, so, there's a wealth of information out there right now to help yeah. people get out of those places. Yeah. And uh, I'm so glad I found them. I'm so glad I'm... Um, in this meditation group with you, Troy, that we do together every week, it's, um, it's a family for me. I carry you guys with me all week long, you know, and uh, and people can be isolated, but right now, uh, especially with COVID and whatever, but don't stay isolated. Reach out, even if it's uncomfortable. Take yeah. uncomfortable action and do it.
0: I, I like your comment that we're all walking each other home
1: yeah
0: um, and and, like you said, you know there's a lot of information out there, but I think sometimes even just calling somebody and talking to them' because sometimes mm-hmm. yeah. sometimes our struggles all we need to do is talk about them,
1: yes,
0: and I think Absolutely. that's what most people find difficult is to talk about it, yeah, yeah, you know, a lot of us hold it in, and that causes us pain and anguish, yeah, and if well, if anybody to somebody, wants to call, whatever,
1: yeah. Yeah. If anybody wants to call me to chat, I I'm here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. They can can find you on Facebook.
1: Yeah. (laughs) They can find me on Facebook. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I appreciate your time, Phyllis. It's been a great interview. I, I love talking with you and chatting and, and getting your experiences. And I hope that people out there can enjoy this as much as I have.
1: Well, I've enjoyed every minute of it. You really made me think I loved your questions. And uh, it made me reflect on a lot of stuff that I probably hadn't thought about in a while. And no, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Troy. I really That's appreciate awesome. it.
0: Thank you very much for watching. This has been Lessons for Life with my guest, Phyllis McDonald. Maddie, I'm Troy Hudkins. Uh, tune in again for another episode. Thank you.